you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Welcome to episode 77 of the Retail Transformation Show. I'm your host, Oliver Banks, and it's a pleasure, as always, to be here with you today. Thank you for tuning in. Now, if we step out of the world of retail for just a little moment, one of my big passions, one of my big focuses personally, is on my home renovation. We're renovating up a 100-year-old house and doing quite a bit of it ourselves, to be honest. So as a consumer, one of the sectors that I really have a lot of focus on is the home improvement and garden sector. There have been some big changes to the marketplace and I think there will continue to be some big changes. So I'm really excited about today's special guest who is a real expert in this whole home improvement sector and in the whole garden sector. He's got a ton of knowledge, a ton of insight to share with you. So today, I'm delighted to welcome Steve Collins to the show. Now, if you don't know Steve, he's the managing director of the Insight Retail Group and the executive editor of Insight DIY. With these two brands, he's sharing market-leading news and some great intel all about those two sectors, the home improvement and the gardening sector. He's a speaker and he shares some fantastic stuff, particularly on LinkedIn. So do go and check him out there. He's been running the Insight Retail Group, IRG, for around 10 years now. And previously to that, he was doing sales and marketing in various roles for ICI Dulux and also for Couperinol and LG Harris. All big brands in that home improvement sector, particularly around painting. Now, my conversation with Steve is really interesting. There's a ton of insight in there about the home improvement sector. But also, there are some really big golden nuggets, even if you are not interested in that particular sector. And actually, it's a conversation that I recorded a few weeks ago before the world tipped upside down with the whole coronavirus thing. And whilst things may be a little up in the air about the retail marketplace right at the moment, one thing is absolutely crystal clear to me. Our homes are becoming increasingly important and I think we'll have a bigger focus on improving our homes and our lifestyles at home. So I absolutely am excited about this sector. And there are some brilliant, as I say, brilliant golden nuggets in there waiting for you today. So without further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Steve Collinge, all about how the home improvement sector is changing and transforming. Here we go. So today on the Retail Transformation Show, I'm really delighted to welcome a good friend, and a really deep expert onto the show, Steve Collinge. Steve, welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, very good. Thank you, Oliver. Super. Now, you are, like I say, a really deep expert in the home improvement and garden market. You know, you post some fantastic insights on social media, and I know that you deliver some awesome value when you're doing speaking and, and working with your clients as well. But let's just step back and look at that market, the home improvement and garden market. What's going on in that space right now? It's been a challenging few years, actually. I mean, if you think about the big players within this space, the DIY, big box sheds, 
quite a few specialists that have developed over time as well, and also the uh, the garden centres. But disruption has been coming for certainly the last eight, ten years, and it's really hit over the last two or three years. Um, you only really now have three major DIY sheds left, which is B&Q, Homebase and Wix. There were seven big box plays going back 10, 12 years now. And disruption has come from many quarters. You've obviously got the online impact, the likes of Amazon and businesses like that and, and online specialists. But you've also got the discounters. You've got B&M, mm. the range, Poundland, all taken a bit of the, uh, the DIY market. And then you've got the huge growth, which has been achieved with the small box trade specialist, Screwfix, Toolstation, Howdens, who have been remarkably successful over the last five to six years. Absolutely. And I have to be honest, Screwfix and Toolstation are two of my favorite retailers. As I know we've spoken about, I'm doing a big renovation at home. So uh, I'm a big fan of that. And I think that from my consumer hat on, I think it's really interesting how they've really focused on convenience and they've got a strong online proposition as well as super easy to shop in store as well. So I think that's really shifted the whole market as well. How has online affected home improvement and garden? It's been a slow start. And I think it's been a slow start because the major players have been very reluctant to move into this space. So I think you've got retailers that fall into two camps now. You've got the long-established businesses, the likes, again, of B&Q, Homebase, Wix, who establish their store presence and their store portfolio over decades. And then they saw the online challenge coming and have been moving forward slowly. They've effectively had their foot on the brake, I would say, over the last five, six, ten years, because they knew it would take a chunk of their sales once they, uh, once they moved into online. They've had to accelerate their digital investment and their transformation because online players have come along and from a standing start, if you look at the businesses, for example, you know, Victorian Plumbing, Victoria Plum, who'd have thought 20 years ago that the majority of people would be searching online for bathrooms and purchasing their bathroom products without ever having sat on a toilet in a showroom <laughs> and made that decision. People are doing that in their droves. If these businesses... You know, Victorian Plumbing is turning over over £100 million and they don't have any showrooms. And so I think what's happened is those established retailers are finally now coming to the party. But if you think that total retail online penetration in the UK touched just about 20% prior to Christmas, um, that compares with not even 10% yet in the United States, probably about 8 9% in Australia, mm. 4 5% in Ireland. But if you apply that to home improvement and garden, then total home improvement garden's probably only been about six or seven percent. I think Wix is fairly advanced through their digital transformation. They're touching about eight, nine percent of their sales. So it's still lagging behind the majority of retail categories of which you'd have books and DVD right up at sort of 80, 90 percent um, in that space. Mm. But it's changing, changing fundamentally because the majority of consumers are now in terms of home improvement and garden, of a younger age. Um, there's a fantastic quote out there which talks about millennials and uh, they're now at the tipping point, really, in terms of purchasing their homes or renting for the first time, certainly purchasing products to go in their homes and gardens. And they have always purchased and searched online and on mobile. And so they are now influencing and having a far greater impact on purchases of home improvement and garden products. And, and this disruption that I often talk about is 
is really hitting hard with the established players who are still playing catch-up and are not investing enough yet in digital. And only yesterday, Kingfisher PLC dropped out the FTSE 100 Mm. on the back of a huge deterioration in their share price over the last five to six years. And, And the heart of this is losing business to online players and to um, specialists like Screwfix who are very, very focused on the digital piece. Yeah, and I, I suppose it's quite interesting when you think about the global trend of urbanisation where people are, are tending to come together into you know more city centres for residential. It doesn't lend itself well to that big box, as you alluded to earlier, we used to have in that market space because maybe people are increasingly not having a car so actually getting to that location is just a lot harder and it's obviously more inconvenient as well and smaller smaller properties probably on average although I don't have any data to support that just a a guesstimate and when we look outside of the UK Steve is that is that a similar trend in places like Australia and America? It is it is Um, and it's predominantly because of the prices of houses anyway so more and more people are renting. I think, and um, I've seen some stats recently, and I think it's Portugal, Sweden, countries like that, where there's the highest penetration of rental in terms of apartments, but more apartments are being built. If you go to Australia, look at what's being built in Sydney at the moment. Um, even in Ireland, they're desperately trying to catch up because they've got um, a lot of three or four bedroom houses over there. If you think of the average number of people living in a house in Ireland, they've got larger families. It's always been at the three or four number of heads per household, it's dropping dramatically. And yet they don't have sufficient number of apartments to cater for that population. So more and more people are renting. If you rent, there are less things you can do to your home. There are more landlords now being supportive of people being able to paint, thankfully. Yep. (laughs) But outside of that, you can bring in some house plants. And that's about it, frankly. But I mean, there's a really interesting point you made before about millennials not having cars and I'm absolutely convinced that probably less than five years from now, we will look back and we will laugh. We'll chat and we'll be having a beer and we'll think, do you remember those days when on a Saturday morning we expected people to get in their own car and use their own petrol to drive five, six, seven, eight miles to a big box store, park outside, walk around that store, find the products themselves because the service is... And you're going with a trolley with a wonky wheel that doesn't quite turn and so on. Yeah. And then queue up to actually pay the privilege of them giving their money to the retailer then get in their car and drive all the way home using their petrol again we'll think what the heck did we ever <laughs> allow to do that it's ridiculous when we can take the products all, all it needs is a deal to be done between b&q and uber and those products get delivered within an hour to any place anywhere because they got 299 stores they could get to people so this will come. And the days of that expectation where people are going to not only do the work themselves, but the whole process of finding the product, they're pretty much on their own. And the whole process of searching for what they need, they're on their own. Those days are going to be gone. And the retailer or the business that understands what projects people are doing and gives them the products to either do it themselves or the service to get it done for them in the shortest possible time will come out the winner and we don't know yet who that's going to be yeah that's really interesting and it's sort of it's harking back to the conversation i was having with the the gents from uncrowd richard hammond and rocky howard i think that was episode 68 and 69 
where they're looking at you know reducing friction from the customer journey and it sounds like a pretty similar solution or direction that you're suggesting there tell me more about what you're thinking about how that could evolve and where you're seeing it working already well if you talk about friction you probably have the greatest amount of friction of any retail category within home improvement the majority of consumers whether it is consumers my age or age of millennials you quite frankly don't know what you're doing whether it's replacing some kind of light bulb in the most simplest of projects through to building extension the majority of what has to be done you have no idea at all yeah and even that simple project of replacing a light bulb when you get into the light bulb aisle and you're faced with you know, I, I don't know how many SKUs, but there's a whole lot of different SKUs that all look very similar. <laughs> and you're like, which one do I want? It's the most simplest of projects. Yeah. You kind of think, how have we got this so wrong? So let's let's take, let's take make it a bit more complicated. Let's say you've got to paint a wall. This is probably the project that drives the greatest amount of footfall to store. Mm. And the reality is that from a home improvement retailer perspective, Thank goodness that you can't actually at this stage see the true colour of what you have eventually painted on your wall on a screen because that's <laughs> going to be easier for the biggest sales and profit category for every home improvement retailer, which is decorative, because customers are looking on the screen thinking, well, that grey colour, I'm not sure whether that's going to be actually the colour I want. So you have to go and buy a tester and act physically painted on a wall to be able to do that. I know that one well, yeah. Yeah. So even in a project where you're painting a wall, you're kind of thinking, well, can I paint over the surface I've got at the moment? How many coats do I need? Does it smell? I'm painting a nursery. Is this going to have some fumes that are going to affect my new baby? What colour do I need? And what finish? There are question after question after question. So you want to talk about friction and the questions aren't answered online. So if you go online and type into Amazon, you know, you're looking for a paint, but the questions aren't answered there, nor are they necessarily answered on YouTube. You really have to go in store and speak to somebody or do a huge amount of research to get the answers to those questions. So that's at the heart of this. And that's a that's a relatively simple project. If you're replacing a bathroom and you've got to move a toilet and stuff like, you know, no wonder we're defaulting to tradespeople, which is leading to the growth of Screwfix and Tool Station Houses, because thank goodness mm. most of them know what the hell they're doing. And we don't mind paying because the thought, the mere thought of having to tackle for me a bathroom project outside of replacing probably a shower screen or something like that or a shower curtain. I reckon I could do that. Outside of that, I'd have no clue. But what's happened is that's where we're at. And yet the home improvement retailers are doing very little to accommodate that need from a consumer perspective. What they will do is fill their aisles with thousands of thousands of products and quite simply say, you're on your own. There will be some staff there. Don't you know? I'm, I don't want to be overcritical of them. They are doing their best to ensure their staff are trained to help consumers, but it's still very, very difficult. So, your answer your question: Where am I seeing it done well? Um, nowhere, quite frankly. Right. Okay. <laughs> what I can see is businesses trying to give the answers online through the likes of YouTube. I can see businesses who are trying to facilitate that service piece. So there's some really good examples out um, Adio Group that owns a business, Le Royale Milan in, in France. So there are some very interesting trials that are moving to actual rollout in stores now where 
they are providing that service. So they identified a range of projects, about 30 single trade projects. When I say single trade, it would just be an electrician or a plumber, a single person to be able to do that task for you. Identified these 30 projects. They have a bank of tradespeople, which is part of a platform that they own. And they now offer this service in store. So if you want a a new shower, you walk in, you can buy the shower and put it in yourself. You can buy the shower and get your own plumber to put it in. Or you can use their in-store service. And if you buy the product and the service, you get 10% off the cost of both. The service is a fixed price, irrespective of where you live and the type of shower that you have. So there's no new news there when you suddenly find it's going to cost twice what you thought it was. You don't have that stereotypical having to show someone around, get a quote, and then, no, you know, them going, ooh, scratching the chin and then disappearing off for weeks on end without coming back to you and so on. So that friction is gone. And then, and this is the great bit. So then once you've decided on the product you want, and yes, you want the service, the member of staff opens up their iPad and the consumer then chooses when they want that task to be done in the next seven to 10 days. You choose. It's when it suits you. Amazing. So you can whip out your phone and, and look at your calendar and work out actually when it's going to be the best option to align align the stars and get those sort of proverbial ducks in a row. Exactly. You know, I'd like it done next Thursday. And once the job is done satisfactorily and you then rate that tradesperson and say, you know what, they were great. I'm going to give them nine out of 10. Once that rating comes in, very quickly after that, within a matter of days, that tradesperson gets paid directly by the retailer. So the retailer owns the contract. The retailer puts the task initially out to the tradespeople and the first person that decides to accept it, just like Uber. Yeah. So what you're doing, you're taking the, you know, you want a shower. You can be helped to decide the shower that you want through your own search or through help in store. And then it gets done at a time that suits you. Now, for me, that is what's going to completely transform the home improvement market. Whichever business, and it needs to be a big retailer, because these big retailers need to be not just the home for the home improvement products you go and buy and do yourself. They should be the home for you to get that job done however you want it to be done. Do it yourself. Have the job done for you. So my conversations now with the retailers are, You are doing what you've been doing for the last 40 years. You are trying to sell the cheapest white paint on an Easter weekend. The game has changed. Consumers have changed. They know your brand. They may not love your brand because I can't think of many retailers that are loved by consumers. Even John Lewis, I think, is, is being tainted these days. But I just think that these businesses should own the transformation of your home and your gardens. Come to us whether you want to do it yourself, whether you want the job done, and we will also get it done for you and you can trust us for that. So that's where it has to be done. And I'm not seeing any of that yet. So my my message when I'm presenting is very much around disruption is coming. Ah, no, actually disruption is here. It's hitting very, very hard. And if we think that retail penetration online is going to stop at 23, 25%, no chance. I believe it's going to be pushing beyond 40% for the majority of retail categories. Yep. And home improvement is absolutely on that list. Think of the disruptions happened when home improvement is about 8 9%. Four of the seven largest major players have gone. One of them, Homebase, has been through a CVA. 
is now just about bouncing back and trying to move forward. Being part of Kingfisher is struggling. New CEO, last CEO left last uh, last September. The new CEO has a real challenge on his hands. And Travis Perkins is desperately trying to sell Wix. So all three big box players are in massive turmoil. And it's because of this disruption. And not one of them yet has got the message. You have to own transformation of homes and gardens and your stores and your service and everything around that has to reflect that. And yeah, I walk into a DIY big box store every day and I see thousands and thousands of cans of paint and I see hundreds of light bulbs and all these packets of screws. And I just think your days are numbered unless you do something dramatic. Mm. Well, it's really interesting. I mean, what you're describing there, that whole solution of pairing up a job with a tradesman that's pre-vetted and you've got reviews and all that. For me, that sounds like it's uber for travel all over again right it's total disruption and total transformation of that whole home improvement market and probably you could do the similar thing for gardens as well i imagine absolutely that's enormous isn't it it is let's take that to the next stage then so if your next question is how do you kind of make this happen well just think of the number of consumers now whose journey in home improvement starts with instagram or it starts with Pinterest, or it starts with Hows. Yes, of course. They are seeing the end result of the transformation. They are seeing that fabulously painted lounge with the two colours of greys with the new furniture in there. They're seeing the painted nursery. They're seeing the garden. They're getting the end result, and that is what they want. And they want that within the shortest possible time. At the moment, it would be, that's the look I like. Let's print that picture off. Let's now walk into a store and try and get some help with all this. Now, all it needs is, and I would say retailer, it may not be a retailer. All it needs is a business to own, first of all, that inspiration piece through Instagram and say, this is the end result. You know what? If you want that painted lounge, let's say it's a Sunday afternoon that you're browsing through Instagram and seeing this. If you want that done in your house, by next Friday, this is how you do it. Stage one, you can ring us. We will tell you what those paint colours are. Or here you go. This is what the paint colour, this is what the brand is. Click through now and you can buy it from this retailer and get it delivered tomorrow. Mm. Your other option, you've got nice flooring. You've got all sorts of, you've got curtains in there. Come into store. Let's use an example. Let's say it's home base. Come into store. We have the paint samples available for you. In a box, it's going to cost you £5. We have the paint samples, we have the fabric samples, we have the flooring samples. You take that away and you can then decide when you want to buy it. Or come in store, this is what you need, and book with us. Actually, we will send somebody around. If you're interested on Monday and you contact us, on Tuesday we will send somebody around to your house. By Wednesday you will have the quote, and on Thursday the job will be done for you. So by this time next week... What you've seen and this vision, this inspirational photo you've seen of your lounge will be the reality in your home. And the business that shortens that period between the initial inspiration and the job done at the moment, that could be years, that could be months, that could be weeks, is rarely ever less than about three or four weeks. Mm. The bit that turns that into days from inspiration to transformation of my home will absolutely dominate. And they don't need to have stores necessarily. They could very easily do that with 
an online business that does it, but it has a trade support business as part of that. So it could be it could be HomeServe, it could be Witch that have trust a trader type businesses attached to that. Mm. But somebody has to lock onto this. And my message to try and save the home improvement retailers has been, this is your opportunity. You've probably about got about two years and the clock's ticking. And if you don't do this, somebody else will. I'll do it myself if you don't do it, because I can just see how this could this could happen. Anyway, an awful lot of opportunity is what I'm saying. There is a huge amount of opportunity, but it's not easy. There's a lot of hard work. It's going back to an empty sheet of paper and saying, right, how are we going to do this for a customer? How is this going to work operationally? You know, building out that detailed customer journey, ideal customer journey, although it's multi-channel, so a lot harder to predict. And then building out that operating model that says, here's how this is actually going to work behind the scenes, how it all works with systems and people and, and so on. But it's totally doable, as you say. And, you know, we've seen, we've seen it happen in other industries. You know, Uber, Airbnb, they've been startups, right? that have grown from nothing. They've had to go through the whole investment journey and all that. If you're a retailer and you've got at least a head start, you've got the brand that's trustable that actually I want to go to Wix or B&Q or Homebase or wherever you are in the, uh, in the world, you've got different retailers, obviously. That could be a massive head start, having that trust already there that you know, some of these companies already have. It really is. It's a bit like a jigsaw puzzle. All the pieces are already there. Let's take Kingfisher as a great example. So they've got a table in the B&Q boardroom and they've got all these pieces that are trying to work out in terms of the transformation and service and ranges in store and online presence and digital investment. But they can't quite finish that puzzle. It doesn't quite fit together. Mm. And in the Screwfix boardroom, they've got a puzzle over there as well. That's coming together quite nicely. What they don't realise, it's the same puzzle. <laughs> but they're not putting together. So you've got consumers... Walking into B&Q wanting the service piece done, but B&Q are not doing it because they're just offering the products for you to functionally buy. Screwfix can only offer part of the range because they can't do everything because they've got smaller stores and they don't do plasterboard and bigger stuff and bricks and things like that. Yep. If you put two things together, then B&Q has the stores and they've got the database of millions of consumers, plumbers, electricians, everybody. You bring this together and just think of the loyalty you'll get from the trade when the business is actually feeding jobs to them as well to be able to do it. And then feeding jobs means you're buying more stuff from Screwfix, which means you might be able to get some kind of loyalty premium platinum loyalty scheme for trade yep. because actually half of your work's from Kingfisher as well. So you're absolutely right. The pieces of the puzzle are already there. but And it is a huge transformation. It is hugely challenging. It's like trying to climb a mountain, isn't it? You don't worry about the whole thing. You take the first few steps. You could take five decorative projects that you take some fantastic photography, you put it on Instagram, and the first stage is, you know, we will tell you what those products and brands are, but equally, come into store, get one of our sample boxes that we've created for you, talk to one of our experts, and we'll do that. Book an appointment, 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning, come and have a chat. You know what? Bring your Pinterest boards with you, because what else have you got that we can help you with? Because... We might do this, that, and the other. But if we don't do those lampshades, then we'll tell you, because there's a range next door to B&Q, and we'll tell you the range do it in there. They're £45. You could go and buy it from there. As soon as you become the facilitator for the delivery of that transformation, you will build consumer loyalty. And if you can lock the role of the store into that process where you've got that face-to-face 
interaction and where you're getting those physical samples, but equally you've got more than that because you can ask other questions, then I think you have the answer. Mm. And any retailer within seven days, and they could do it a regional trial, they could do something where there's a part of that process that is initially trialed. And if it's successful, then you bolt on a second stage, you do more projects, you start bringing in that service piece, you start offering decorative services. They talk to Dulux that already has hundreds and hundreds of Dulux select approved decorators all over the country. Why is service not being offered within a home improvement? They're already there looking for more work. And therefore, the problem is, is that people aren't thinking outside of the box and locking in because they're too concerned by the challenges of today and their market share decline and their sales decline, and they can't see the bigger picture here. And I think it's a kind of your and and my role to try and identify this and, and either push or shove them in the right direction in the hope the penny will drop before it's too late. Absolutely. And it's that classic phrase, right? How do you eat an elephant? It's that one bite at a time. And actually, as you're sort of talking about doing quick trials, you know, you can make it happen. And, and actually, you know, even if you're not a DIY retailer, if you're not into the home improvement market or the garden market, there is going to be an equivalent for your market as well, I'm sure. You know, maybe it doesn't involve tradesmen. It probably doesn't if you're not in that market. But, you know, if you're perhaps in clothing, mm-hmm. there's that whole piece about actually, here's a full makeover if it's, if you're in the food and grocery market, yeah. what is that big family celebration? How are you going to plan that? And actually, rather than perusing cookbooks and so on, how could you, you know, maybe you could blend in in-home chef uh, services and, as well yeah. as that sort of full full experience. There's, there's huge opportunities for, for rural retailers taking that same mentality. I think it is thinking of the consumer shopping process in its broader project that's the key to this so there were some great examples and continue to be really good examples from tesco where they were taking part of their space in fridges to do the whole meal solution so rather than sell a particular type of recipe with 17 different ingredients and then you have to go off on store in around store to find everything they put it in one place and there's the card as well so for me that is a very very good example of where you've delivered the entire solution as simply and easy as possible. But there are challenges. And this goes back to the challenge within home improvement retailers as everywhere else. So within home improvement, you've got, let's take a decking project. You've got decking in one part of the store bought by one buyer. You've got decking stain in a different part of the store bought by a different buyer. You've got weed control products, again, different part of the store, different buyer. Yep. We are structured and we target our buying teams as retailers functionally by category and therefore when we need to share space to actually deliver this project solution it becomes a huge category problem because the decking buyer doesn't want to use up any of his space for the decking stain because quite frankly that decking stain buyer is going to take some of the benefit from that so it's exactly the same within within grocery unless you've got an area where you Mm. can seasonally or flexibly adopt this project thinking then I think there's it becomes a challenge. But that is what they have to do. And on clothing, again, it's the same. Are you going to a wedding? This is a range of looks for you. The entire look, everything. The dress, the jewellery, the hat, mm. shoes, 
everything to go with that. The hair, the hair, you know, all, all those sort of additional surfaces as well. It's the solution. Now, if you want to get all that done yourself, that's fine. But if you want part of that done for you, then here is the company that does it. So almost every retail category has some element of project that can be adopted. It just happens that Home Improvement probably has the majority of its purchases project-driven because it's more complicated. Mm. But as through each sector, it doesn't matter how and what that retail sector is, there is a level of thinking that could be answered through that project transformation service do-it-for-you solution. You raise a perfect point, right? Everyone has that project mentality. The majority of food shopping baskets aren't consumed by themselves. No one goes and gets cheese and just has a block of cheese, right? As their meal. It goes with some other things. You know, maybe it's going with some mints and some tomatoes and some pasta and it's going to make a spaghetti bolognese. Mm -hmm. It's not just the one-off product that someone is looking for as they go shopping. Sure, the, the habits are slightly different, but there's absolutely lessons to be learned there. And we're all buying the same stuff, aren't we? Most of us have the same meals week in, week out. The stuff we like, the stuff that's easy, the stuff that we, you know, it's, it's just already in, a, in our cupboards to be able to buy. But if part of a store had, for example, a chilled section, had everything you need for spaghetti bolognese, but actually had a load of premium products in there as well, because you normally buy the same stuff. You normally buy the same cans of tomatoes or anything else. But within this section, you had all those products because you're buying those meals very regularly. The chance of you then trading up to a better quality of cheese or a better quality of materials, whatever it is that you need for that, I think is is higher. And at the moment, it's not done. All those ingredients are spread across the store. And because of the complexity, when you arrive at that category, where there are 25 different types of a particular product, you often default to the simplest and easiest because you don't have the time and the kids are hungry and all the rest of it. So that project thinking is, I think, a gold mine that as yet nobody really has, uh, has dug into that. Well, absolutely. And as, as we just discussed, it can be applied with a little bit of thinking. You can, I'm sure, find something that fits your category and your retail business that, you know, as I say, if you're not in the world of home improvement or garden, there is absolutely something for you to take away and put into action. You don't need to have the massive transformation all done in one go. Absolutely. Break it down, as we were saying, as Steve was guiding us through. Do a quick trial. Do some testing. Segment it up and just focus on serving that solution. And you can learn a huge amount, both from how customers and consumers are reacting, as well as the different operational elements uh, and what you need to be put into place to be able to scale it up as well. Steve, this has been a lot of fun and, you know, there's been a ton of golden nuggets for everyone to take away. And one quick question, really important. If someone wants to get in touch with you or continue the conversation, how should they best do that? I guess there's two routes. First of all, they can take a look at the stuff I'm posting on, on LinkedIn and direct message me through that. Or they can very simply drop me an email. So my email address is steve at irg. Super. So that's absolutely fantastic. And IRG, as I was mentioning in the intro there, stands for the Insight Retail Group. That's it. Yep. Thank you for joining me on the show. It's been it's been really great. I've enjoyed it. It's been good. No, thanks, Oliver. Super. Thank you so much, Steve. 
So that was my conversation with Steve Collins there. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I certainly did. And I thought there were some really interesting perspectives in that conversation, particularly towards the end as we started exploring the opportunities of helping support customers with the projects that they are taking on in their life. We talk about relevance and purpose a lot, and we've certainly covered that in a number of different episodes previously. And that is a great example how you can actually serve a real purpose, how you can be so relevant to a particular consumer. Suddenly, you are there, you are helpful, you are front of mind, and you are going to be the retail brand of choice. So do think about that. Think about what a project could look like in your consumer's eyes. We discussed a couple of examples there, but I would love to hear your thoughts too, and I'm sure Steve would as well. So do feel free to reach out on LinkedIn or on Twitter and engage both of us. I'm going to put both of our social handles on the show notes page, which today is obandco.uk slash 77. So do go and check that out and do reach out and connect with Steve on LinkedIn and on Twitter as well. If you're new to the show, remember to hit subscribe in your podcast app so you catch new episodes which come out every single week. And in turn, you'll hear the insight, the ideas and the inspiration that you need to make your retail transformation a huge success. And you may also enjoy my retail transformation briefing. This is a weekly email that comes out totally for free, which gives you the latest insight and ideas from around the world of retail transformation across all sectors, across all countries. And it gives some curated insight to really help you understand the key themes and trends that are happening around the world of retail so you can get a head start compared to the rest of the industry. Sign up for free for that retail transformation briefing at obandco.uk slash briefing. That's obandco.uk slash briefing. In the meantime, stay safe, stay well, and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye for now.